Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Joining me today is 104.9 The Horn host, former Longhorn, a drive-time host, by the way, from 3 to 7 with Kevin Dunn, uh, former Longhorn, former NFL player, former Houston Lamar Redskin back in the day, uh, as I remember, <laughs> uh, first met Rod at that time, but Rod Babers, welcome in, bud. Hey, thanks thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Well, I, I, think that, uh, I try to do a conversation with a, a, a Texas player or personality at least once a week, and uh, I... I've, I didn't call you until there was a specific time where I wanted you to speak up. Um, and so <laughs> I got to be honest, uh, this was, I felt like this was that week for, for Rod to kind of, to come on and, and, um, and go there because unlike a lot of guys uh, that are former players, like Quandre Diggs was on last week, right? Quandre keeps yeah. up with the team, but he's not in Austin like you are on a daily basis and following the ins and outs and the ebbs and flows like quite like you are right i mean you're doing it as a profession now i mean it's it's your job um and you know i think that that i just want to you know get the get it out there and and what what you and i want to talk about i think is what's going on with the football team uh furthermore what's going on with bo davis and i want to read you before you get going i want to read you a quote from you okay (laughs) <laughs> uh, quote, and this is from your Twitter. By the way, if you don't follow Rod on Twitter, it's a great follow because not only is he uh, analytical and knowledgeable, he's also passionate. Uh, and it, and the, the Thanks, love for the horns comes through. Um, here's your quote, Rod. <laughs> I'm just glad somebody is letting the team know this is unacceptable. And that's in response to Bo Davis. What, you know, take, take it from there. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, um, I think Bo Davis basically echoed the uh, the sentiment of a lot of Longhorn fans who have probably been yelling stuff like that at their television for the last four games. Uh, it's frustrating because in that Iowa State game, a lot of Longhorn fans thought they saw the product regress, right? I mean, losing is losing. It happens, right? All competitors know about losing, um, but <clears throat> losing in that fashion, losing in an embarrassing fashion after you know, uh, previously losing three games in a row after leading by double digits, uh, that's unacceptable. I mean, the guys should know that. And if they came on that bus, which I assume they did, and some guys were joking around and laughing and thought it was funny, um, that's unfortunate because that means that there's a disconnect in that locker room, right? That means that some guys there are, they came here to play, they wanted to play at Texas instead of playing for Texas. That's that great Colt McCoy quote, right? Did you come to play at Texas or did you come to play for Texas? And right now, I don't know if there are a lot of guys that are ready to play for Texas in that locker room. I'm sure they are uh, enough, all right? They're enough. Uh, but the truth is right now, the fact that that video even got out, the fact that, that video leaked out, uh, the fact that he was even being filmed by a member of that team shows you that uh, not everybody's bought in. Uh, it also shows you that, there are people right now on that roster who does who just don't get it. 
Um, and I, I totally understand, right? There are, more, there are things more important than football. I Trust me, I, I'm a 40-year-old man now, and I'm a married man at that, so I get it, I understand that. Uh, but that, that brand, uh, the brand that is the University of Texas, uh, I would say you play for the name on the front of the jersey and the name on the back of the jersey. And, and I trust me, and I've had performances where I disrespected both, and I think I tarnished both. Um, but it is something right now that I think is becoming a, a regular occurrence on the 40 acres and it's becoming acceptable, right? They, I remember when we lost games, Bobby, and it was, uh, there were ugly sights in that locker room. There were, and I said this on my show, I said, man, there should be some fights. There should be some tension. There should be some emotional outbursts some temper tantrums. I remember having some of those when we lost two games in a row, let alone four straight games, which has, you know, that you really haven't. I'll give you perspective of the four straight game, uh, four losing, four game losing streak. Uh, they've led at the half of each of the last four games that they've lost uh, over the last fifteen seasons. The Longhorns are the only such team to have that kind of four game losing streak where they led at the half. So we're talking about all of FBS for fifteen years. No other team has had a four game losing streak in which they led at the half of each four games. There's something going on. There's a there's a there's something there's a psychological disconnect. There's something happening, and the coaches I think are echoing. I think a lot of the frustration of the fans that guys, I this is unacceptable. Um, we have to find a way win a game. Yes, we have talent deficiencies. Uh, yes, there are coaching deficiencies too. We can talk about. Uh, there are a lot. The, the culture is toxic. Uh, there's a lot going on, but you still got to win games. Oklahoma's got a lot of excuses too, but they also have the longest winning streak in the country. You just got to find a way to win. That's what it's all about, getting the W. And they had a chance to do that in three of those four games. In the Iowa State game, they just got their butts whipped. I get it. But in those other three games, they had a chance to win those games, and they let it slip away. So, man, a lesson is not being learned. You know, in I go back to something. First of all, you didn't disrespect the uniform often if you did. So they didn't come down. That Oklahoma game, really Oklahoma game. Right, well, I, I, what I mean by that, though, is this, like, I, I, I want to say this because I think this is one of the reasons why I want to talk to you today. You, you're, you're one of the people that actually has worn the uniform and know what it means. Um, you know, I never have. And so I, I've never stepped out on the field and said, OK, let's go. And, and you have. And so I think it's important that people hear from, from people such as yourself that, that acquitted themselves well, you know, throughout their career um, and have stayed in touch with it and, and tried to, to position it. And, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, Texas not having uh, that, you know, ability or uh, wherewithal, just the, the commitment to finish games. You know, um, I'm going to read you something else you wrote, because that leads me into the next question is the question is, is the talent there or not to finish? And this is another another tweet that you and I'm going to I'm going to uh, summarize this as opposed to just doing it word for word. You basically said, and it's it's one I agree with. We can all debate the level of talent on the Texas roster. But we're all in disagree or agree about that. But we're all in agreement that the talent level is better than what we're seeing as a product on the field. And I, I think that there's no better way for someone to say that uh, than exactly that. And, and my next question to you, though, is, um, and I do want to go into talent, but my next question to you is, 
you know, is that a product of the coaches? Is that a product of the former staff and the culture that they built, which was, it felt like false leadership to me. I'm just going to be honest, just from the outside looking in, I wasn't in the locker room, but that Herman just, he kind of struck me that way. And from talking to people that were in the locker room, it sounded that way. Um, But what are your whole thoughts on that dynamic there? Um, I do believe there are talent deficiencies. There's no question about it, right? You have to look at the attrition rates that you've had with the, with the amount of turnover you've had. Listen, Texas is in this situation because they're the, the, their own doing, right? So their own decision-making, uh, bad hires, uh, firing coaches a little too soon, all that kind of stuff, right? We get it. That's, that's Texas's fault. Uh, but that turnover has led to a lot of attrition um, in different areas of the football team, right? A lot of talent deficiencies and overall a toxic culture. And that is probably the biggest thing working against Steve Sarkeesian right now. It ain't the talent. There's enough talent for you to get double-digit leads on the best football teams in the Big 12, right? Uh, and I believe the stat is in the college football playoff era, there have been only two teams that have held double-digit leads uh, in three straight games in which they lost, double-digit leads in the second half. And it was Texas and UMass of 2014. So there's enough talent to at least win one of those games to avoid a four-game losing streak. Are there talent deficiencies? Of course they are, and you'll be a fool not to admit that. Uh, but to me – you know, for the coaches, let's assume that they have, they're totally bereft of talent, right? Let's assume that all these guys, which they're not, are just a bunch of scrubs. I, I get I get that, okay? A, Longhorn, a lot of Longhorn fans want to throw that out there. But are the players getting better week to week, right? If you, how many players can you name, I test, that you've watched, you've watched all these games, you've watched them several different times. How many guys can you name that have gotten better from week one to week 10? Probably eight, nine, right? X-Men. Uh, the special teams has gotten a lot better. Dicker, the kicker, is doing doing the damn thing. I heard you guys talking about it inside Texas. He's killing it. All right, nobody's talking about it, but he's doing a great job. Uh, Marcus Washington, I think, has gotten better. You know, Jalen Ford, throw him out there. Uh, you know, it's a, a couple of guys, but for the most part, a lot of these position groups have regressed. So for me, the part that's on the coaches is, yes, there are talent deficiencies. We get it. And there's a toxic culture you got to work with. That, that video leaking out is a, a prime example of it. But – I'm not seeing enough guys. I'm not seeing the Jimmys and Joes. I'm not seeing the Jags on the team, just guys. I'm not seeing them get better week to week. They're not. Uh, that's just the reality of it. They're regressing now. That be, maybe because the, the coaches have decided we're moving on to the to the future. We can't afford to invest in these guys anymore because we've tried. And look, Bo, Bo Davis's frustration is what that's a part of it. I, I get it. But the truth is, you're not going to rebuild this roster. Um, and you're not going to get to where you want to be unless you develop the talent you have now. And even that 2020 class, I get it, 2019, a ton of attrition, but you have to develop you guys you have. That's the biggest problem on the 40 acres. It has been talent development, in my opinion. Talent acquisition, there's still talent there. You don't get a 21-point lead on Oklahoma without some talent, guys. All right? That talent now is regressing. This is the talent development issue on the 40 acres. That talent looked a whole lot better versus Oklahoma than it looked versus Iowa State. Yes, there are guys who are injured, but guys are not getting better. And is Iowa State a better team than Oklahoma? Probably not. But the team is getting worse. That is to me on the coaches, right? And a lot of things I observe from the coaching standpoint, you know, you are not really starting, in my opinion, you're not seeing the schematic advantage that you were supposed to get from a Sarkeesian and from a Pete Kwiatkowski. Now, they are Trust me, they don't have a lot of talent. I get that. But if you are only a coach that can coach elite talent and that's it, well, you ain't a damn good coach. <laughs> I 
gotta tell you, you're not. That's just the reality of it. You can't be, wow, man, I just didn't have great players. Well, are your play are the are the players you have getting better week to week, guys? And that's my biggest criticism of the coaches. Yes, talent is an issue, but the players are not getting better. Very few of those guys are getting better week to week. And that's why you saw the product you saw versus Iowa State. And that's something the coaches got to deal with. That's on them. And even Bo Davis, he even said, I'm getting my butt kicked. Because right? he understands, he's like, man, I'm putting my, my brand, I'm putting my brand on this product. And I got to tell you, my defensive line might be the most disappointing group on the team in terms of expectations. Because we know there's a little bit of talent there, and yet they've underachieved. That's still coaching. Yeah, that's I, still I, coaching. My, my take on this, Rod, and, and I think you, you're, you're right, and this is something Jerry Hampton and I talked about um, as well. My 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 issue uh, on the team uh, is the I feel like there's a lack of football IQ on defense. I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you, but um, the safeties are just kind of out of whack. They, they don't seem there's no there's nothing tying the front to the back right now. And um so I, I feel that I feel like uh, and, and that may be part of the defensive strategy, too, in, in some ways, because they're playing a lot of too deep. But, but the, the other piece of it, I mean, there just seems to be no symbiotic relationship. You know what I mean? There's no there's no give and take. And, and then I, I think about it. And then we talk about talent. Right. And defense is an interesting, per, an interesting game, because sometimes you're only as good as your weakest link, whereas an, an offense a lot of times can shield that guy a little bit run away you know scheme around it yeah defense they they're going to try to poke at that like they can't poke at anything else right um great but i I look at the texas defense they're starting three transfers and a walk-on middle linebacker is that an indictment i mean you know you can you can say what you want but yeah i mean it's true yeah i mean and and so i'm but I agree about – I would add Alfred Collins to a guy that's stepping up a little bit too of late. I think that he's gotten better as the season went on. He is. Yeah. Yes, I, I'm is. trying to think I of agree. some other guys. I, I'm, I agree. You're right about that. I'm not – I think Christian Jones has gotten more consistent, um, uh, okay. but not necessarily better yet. And, and that, but, but I think that yeah. he's the guy that still needs some seasoning. I mean, he's a guy that several years back or, you know, when you played – he wouldn't be playing yet. He he would be another year in the he would be another year in the oven before he got put on the field. You know what I mean? Great point. And yeah. they're, they're two or three years away from that being have, having that luxury, right? They don't have they don't have that luxury. No. Yeah. And, 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 so, that's like that's, and that's why this is a test. You, you talked about tying the back into the front. And my big and I love the Pete Kwiatkowski hire. I I actually liked it better than I liked the Sark hire. Uh, but I've been wrong about Pete Kwiatkowski. Pete Kwiatkowski came into the Big Twelve, and I think he. You know, I always say the Big 12 is a it's a running league, uh, you know, kind of cross-dressing as a passing league. It's it, <laughs> And I think Pete Kwiatkowski kind of believed the hype that, oh, man, this is a passing league. And it's actually not a passing league. It's actually morphed now into a hybrid spread league. And it's all of these really, really kind of, um, kind of complex run schemes now. A lot of wide zone in here uh, and a lot of now defense, defensive-oriented models in the Big 12. But what happened, I think, for Pete Kwiatkowski, the adjustment for what I heard was Jimmy Lake and him had this really, really unique symbiotic 
relationship you're talking about, tying the front end to the back end, right? The coverage is to the front. And you know this, that back in the day, of course, yeah, the front used to determine the coverage. But now with the modern passing concepts, the coverage actually determines the front. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I think for Pete Kwiatkowski, who, and uh, Terry Joseph, I assume it is now the guy calling the coverages um, coming from Notre Dame, that maybe he doesn't have that same relationship that Jimmy Lake. And I'm not saying that Jimmy Lake is killing it. Matter of fact, he's struggling. He's, uh, he's struggling without Pete Kwiatkowski. I think they probably should have stayed together. Um, but I, I think that now without having that, that guy who, who is aligned with you philosophically in the back end and just kind of forcing that together. That's what we're looking at too, right? They forced his staff together. Let's be honest, the defensive staff. They, they, they didn't let Pete Kwiatkowski build his own staff. They kind of built most of the four. And that's a concern. That's a concern. You know what I mean? Maybe that's something they got to look at because the defense, you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't actually even make sense a lot of the times. Um, and I think that's why a lot of the guys, they seem out of position. I mean, you're 115th in rush defense. Let's agree. There's more. There's more. There's more talent on this defense for you to be better than 115th in rushing defense. These are the kind of points I'm trying to make. Yes, they are talent deficient, but 115th in rush defense talent deficient. They're leading the Big 12 in missed tackles. That that Kansas got more talent on defense than you. They're a better tackling team than you. Come on, come on. Some stuff we got to start admitting. Like ah, that that looks like coaching. That looks like coaching. I'm gonna be honest. That's also coaching. We're gonna be. We're, I'm gonna be honest. We'll see who's the better tackling team this weekend, maybe. Um, because <laughs> the two worst tackling teams in the Big Twelve. 30, 30 point favorites, and I don't get it. I mean, I I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe they have. I, mean, I, I think he's out. I think their starting that, quarterback might be out. Their starting quarterback might be hurt. Yeah. Here. It doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, Texas's offense um, has looked uh, now. I, I guess it's six straight quarters of really looking meager um, at best. I mean, they, they look like um, they look like they can't handle it. What do you think of some of the pass protection schemes they're using? Uh, because I think a lot of they're relying on a lot of one-on-ones right now that are getting beat uh, with guards pulling a little bit and trying to protect the back. That's not uncommon. I'm not trying to say that his is necessarily a different scheme than anybody else's, but they're keeping a lot of guys in. Um, yeah, tight ends too. Yeah, and they're still getting getting to the quarterback. Is that you know? Is that uh, what's the issue there? They you know I, I don't even know what to say. They're not. I don't. I know they're not running the RPOs very much um, because if they were, that would slow down some pass rush, obviously. But uh, what are your thoughts on on that situation? Yeah, I mean, I I I give Sark a break on that. That offensive line is, I mean, it's it's pretty subpar. I mean, it's it's been a struggle. Uh, so I think for Sark, he's tried to implement the twelve personnel using those two tight ends as much as he can. And the only criticism I'll have with that, because he's just trying to insulate the pass protection, is that he should probably try to interweave them more into the passing game. The actual, you know downfield passing game and he really doesn't so if I'm a def- if I'm a defensive mind going up against Texas and they're playing 12 personnel 
I, I really could care less about those tight ends. They, they, they are no threat at all in the vertical passing game. That's something now that's got to change, even with the more attrition on offense. So I think what's happening, honestly, with the pass protection, because all that is tied together, I think it's a timing-based offense with Sark since he's not using more of his RPOs, and he should be. Um, then I think the timing is off with your wide receivers downfield. You lost Jordan Whittington, man. You go look at now a lot of those passing concepts. If he's not getting rid of the ball quickly on time, then they're holding the ball, and that's that's a that's a death sentence behind that offensive line. That's why the RPO concepts I'm with you would work better because at least you're getting the ball out quickly. That's why I love the empty formation because it forces the quarterback. Get the ball out of your hands quickly. The quarterbacks, is, is, I don't get it. That's why Sam Ellinger, we, I think <laughs> Longhorn fans are realizing now that Sam Ellinger covered up a lot of issues offensively for Texas. Um, but I think one of the issues that, that Sam had, and remember, he scrambled more than any quarterback in college football in his four years at Texas. And that, was, that wasn't by design. That was Sam Ellinger going, if I want to keep this play alive, if I want to move the damn change and say I had to change, I got to get the hell out of this pocket. And sometimes he did it prematurely. Sometimes he saw ghosts, but I think he understood that this offensive line is not going to give me a ton of time. And I think the quarterbacks now, they haven't really figured that out. They sit in that pot. Justin Carr's got to get rid of the ball. Like, you got you to get rid of the ball, man. You got to get rid of the ball. You're holding on to the ball too long. Um, and I think Casey actually figured that out a little bit, too, because he scrambles a little bit more. But to me, that's the issue with the pass protection. The offensive line, they have a ceiling. They are what they are. Uh, your quarterbacks have to so they got to adjust their internal timing with these pass concepts. And that's on Sark, too. He's got to start using more RPO concepts. I don't know why Sark is using less of his cheat codes. When Sark came here, I described his offense as a, it's a gumbo of cheat code, the beauty of it. He combined all of these things that offensive coordinators love to give them advantages, these force multipliers, and he'll use them all on one damn play. He'll use a shift and a motion and play action all on one damn play, right? And it's, it's beautiful because he's, he's overloading the central nervous system of the defense, giving them more information to process, therefore making them slower to react. And it's beautiful when it's all working together. But for some reason in the second half of the last four games, and I've tracked it in this four-game losing streak, he's using less of any cheat code that I think gives him an advantage. You know, less pre-snap motion, less play action pass. I haven't tracked the RPOs, but hell, I assume it's less RPOs, less two-back sets, less empty sets, uh, less targets to the man in motion, which is also something. Hell, the only touchdown they had versus uh, Iowa State was targeting the man in motion, which is something that Sark does really, really well in his offenses. The empty sets, they had two explosive pass plays in that game versus Iowa State, both of them out of empty sets. And then for some reason in the second half all those things that work really really well when he combines them and uses them all in a, a gumbo he doesn't use them in the second half he he's admitted he's less elaborate I don't I don't get it and it continues even after the bye week after he's watched on film his team struggle in the second half he uses less cheat codes and not more it's it makes no sense yeah he's a, brilliant, he's a good offensive mind but that is the most nonsensical stuff I've ever heard and for some reason it continues, and it's it's been four straight games now that I've tracked it. What if it? What if it? What if it's partly trust? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm 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 thinking as a coach, right? I mean, just just put it put it, put yourself in in his shoes for a second. What if you? What if you don't trust that scenario? Or those those scenarios because a, a lot of it. I mean, he he doesn't want to be. I mean, he may be gun shy because in in the second half of all of those games. His offense is turtled. I mean, and so, um, and, I, you know, I don't think it's because he used necessarily because he used less. It's also because he had fewer plays. I mean, they, they weren't moving Very at true. all. They were, they were getting lit up. Um, 
I just, I don't know. I don't know, Rod. I mean, I agree with you that I, I expected more balls to the guy in motion than what, what we've seen. Um, Devontae Smith last year was like a thing of beauty in motion, right? Unbelievable. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. It, it was. And then he had Jalen Waddle to go with it. And you're just like, goodness gracious. And my, my, my wonder is, you know, you, you mentioned the, the coaching and I, and I'm, I'm still, I, I agree with all of those critiques and I don't think you're wrong. I, I, so I, I'm, but, but as a Longhorn grad, somebody that's followed the team for a long time and you're, you're no different. I'm having a hard time getting over. I can see why he wouldn't trust them. If a dude's going to film Bo Davis on a bus on a tirade. I mean, I agree. I, 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 I agree. I agree. No, no, I agree. I'm totally with you. If, if, I, I mean, it's not, I'll tell you why I agree. Joshua Moore, prime example, right? This dude in the Baylor game had a drop touchdown, had a fumble near the red zone, and had a drop that ended up being an interception for Baylor, also near the red zone. And I've, I've, I've been around guys. So Chris Sims is one of my best friends in the world, right? I've been around guys who had games. Essentially, they believe I gave the game away. Like, it was me. I, I was, it's me. I lost us again. And I'm sure Josh Moore felt like that. And the next week, he was late to practice. He, the guy that thought he gave away a game for his team, gave away a game. I mean, they, and they were, they're on a losing streak. <laughs> and he thought he gave away a game. He, he cared so little, I guess, about that game that he was late to practice. Dude, you should be early to practice. You should be trying to show your team, man, I'm sorry. I'm making it up. I, it won't happen again. Matter of fact, I'm going to go win us a game. I'm going to go win us. I'm going to go get it back to y'all. I'm going to go get it back. I know I lost trust. It won't happen again. I will not. Mistakes are right, but he had like four, three mistakes in a row that pretty much could have argued gave away the game. And, he, and his attitude the next week wasn't, I got to work harder. I got to, I got to double down. I got to devote myself even more. I got to commit myself even more. I got to earn the trust of these coaches and these players because I lost some of it. No, it was, it was late to practice. And because the lack of leadership on the team, Sark had to go dog custom for that instead of some player going over there. It's like when I played a Casey Hampton or a DD Lewis or a Quentin Jam or a Corey Redden saying, no, nah, coach, I got you. Coach, you, I got this. I got this coach. Or Brian or Rack told the stories we've heard going over there and saying, you know what, dude? I don't know what the hell is going on with you, but you lost a game for the team and you're late to practice. Man, you need to get, you need to go back. You need to, honest man, I don't even want you out here. You need to go. You need to go. I, I don't know. You need to go. If you care that little about what we're doing here, you need to, you need to go. It, it shouldn't have been Sark that had to dog cuss. Right? So my point is, I agree with you. That Sark is probably, I don't trust these guys, but your job is to win games, coach. All right. So I know you don't trust them. And I, as probably, you admitted, that's why you, you know, you have more, less cheat codes in the second half. I get that, coach, but you still got to go find a way to win these games. And winning these games, to me, is going to be with a schematic advantage because we've proven that you don't have players so, to win a four quarter game. You got to, you know, I mean, you got enough to get you a lead in some of these games, but you ain't got enough dogs to win your four quarter game. So you need to be the coach to give them an advantage. He tried that with the fake punt. That was, that was start trying. He's like, I'm, I'm trying, but you know, that's, that was also a terrible decision. Yeah, so, that was, so I, that was bad. I, 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 I think I, you're I, right. You're right. 
Bobby, but we are still here. You, you, coaches got to solve problems, and that's why you're paid the big bucks, right? You are here to solve problems. It's all coaches are. You got to find. You got to find really complex uh, solutions to really really complicated problems. And right now, I don't not seeing enough problem solving going on from the coach. That's yeah. I think it's partly, and I think that part of that is because of a buy-in from the kids. I mean, okay. Josh Moore is a perfect example. You, you, you neglected to mention that, and the next week he's in the portal. Yeah, next <laughs> week he's in the portal. <laughs> yeah. That's why I should have kicked him off the team right there. Like, get the hell out. You go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and, you know, I, I don't buy that it's, oh, it's the new generation of college football athletes. I've been hearing I, that. They, they said that. 20 years ago when you guys were coming through. They said it when I was coming through. Oh, this is a new generation. They don't care. I mean, I've heard it, it doesn't matter. I mean, one thing I, I'm 50, you said you're 40, I'm 52. One thing I know is that in 10 years from now, some people are going to say, oh, it's the new generation. You know, they're this yeah. way or that way. They're all kids. And, um, you know, some will, some are leaders and some can be led and some are both. Um, and yeah, that's a great point. I, I think Texas has too few of, of those guys. I think they have a couple. I, I think Roshan Johnson is probably one. Um, yeah. I, I feel like you, you get every ounce of effort he has every time he's in the game. Uh, interesting Agreed. to note that he's been battling a turf toe. That hadn't been public knowledge until um, this past week. And so that's one of the reasons why we hadn't seen him on the field as much. And maybe your issue with the two back set that makes sense. Yeah, is 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 problematic. Yeah, has been an sense. issue. But I, I just I look at it. Um, I look at it, Rod. And my my uh, overall feeling is that Texas football maybe was more broken than than what people realize. Was was Tom Herman um, covering that up with Sam Ellinger, or Sam Ellinger covering it up for Tom Herman, et cetera? Was I mean, did was Tom Herman's style of football more conducive to the style of player he had, where every game was a close game mm. because frankly he didn't have the people to make it anything other than a close game? I mean, point. I think you're. I think we're we're in this. It, it's in this vicious cycle where we don't have a lot of answers. We have a ton of questions. Right? It's like, <laughs> it's, like it, it's one of those things where I'm. I, I'm asking you questions and you're, you're like, yeah, well, maybe. And and I I feel like that's a you're that's right. the that's a problem if you're a fan right now. Um, the three games and, and you hit this on the very first thing. I'll ask you this too because one of your first topics right out of the gate, and I agree with you completely, Rod. The la- the three games prior, OU, Oklahoma State, and Baylor. Okay, they were competitive to the end. Um, Baylor yep. kind of got away from them in Oklahoma State. But, but those were competitive games. They believed. Yeah. Iowa State was not. Iowa State, they got down by 10 and it was over. I mean, yeah. they, you know, when, when Brees Hall broke it to go up by three, there, there was a feeling in my stomach like, oh, this game may be over now. Um, yeah. and, and you think it's – you mentioned believe. You think that's part of it or do you think it's just this cratering that – mentality that catches fire in a locker room that that kind of is, is tough to overcome yeah it is because man it's because i i said if i was in a situation you know with guys i played with i kept trying to put myself you know in the shoes of a, a person on a four-game losing streak in a locker room 
And all I kept thinking about was, you know, the pure accountability, right? The guys I played with, you know, if we were missing tackles and we were had bad run fits, guys were missing assignments, we'd be calling each other out, right? Casey Hampton would, <laughs> Casey Hampton would be having none of it, right? A guy like D.D. Lewis, a guy like Quinn Jammer. I, I keep bringing these guys up because they taught me the, the standard and leadership, right? And that, they, they're missing that because Amy Stark talked about it. They can't call each other out because they're all missing tackles. They're all missing assignments. You know what I mean? You lead by example and none of these guys Rod, we, we're losing you there for a second. Um, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pause really right cultivate. Now. There, I got you now. I got you again. Okay, now. You got me. Sorry about yeah. that. It's okay, it happens. Okay. You know the the modern technology. I I agree with you. There's there's lack of count, accountability. I want to I want to ask you about this play because one of the plays that really stuck in my craw in the Iowa State game, and I don't know if you really watched it or not, but it was a pure DB play. It was the uh, reverse pass uh, for the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I thought I saw, and I want to hear what you think you saw. I, I think I saw Josh Thompson bite and see that he was beaten, and know that it was his man that got beat, and he just sat there and just sat there. He didn't even try to recover. It's like he was dumbfounded by it. While Jaron Thompson came up as a corner. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to call out Josh because Josh has actually had a really good season. No, been one of the players. Yeah. but that mentality, I can't. I I'm going to say this about that. I would never. I don't think I ever saw Rod Babers or Quentin Jammer or those guys just go, "Wow, I got beat so bad. I'm not even going to pretend to go try on the back yeah. end after I got beat so bad." Am and I right about what? that? Yeah, no, you are. You're completely right about that. And I'll tell you something else that's interesting on that play, because I, I know I not only is he disappointed himself because he bit, but I think he's also disappointed in his, you know, his defensive backfield partner in Jaron Thompson for not having his back. Right. If Rod B got beat, trust me, my man, Ahmad Brooks and, and Nasty Nate, Nathan Basher had my back. Right. It's like, nah, man, we, we got your back. We'll live to fight another day. Go make it. Go make the next play. And there's this, you know, disconnect with the guys. They don't necessarily have each other's back like that. That's why I think I think that's part of the disappointment for him was, man, not only it, it failed at multiple levels. Not only did I fail, uh, but he, he also failed. <laughs> so it ends up being a touchdown. There are fail saves within a defense. Not every play like that is supposed to end up being a touchdown, but it failed on multiple levels. I think that was his disappointment because he knew when he saw it, it's a touchdown. Should he have tried to run down the play? Because you never know. Yes. Uh, but no, he knew. And that's that defeatist attitude you're talking about that. Oh, the play's over. I lost. It's, it's done. And I think they have that during the game. I think when there's a, you know, a big drive for the opposing team, I think they do have a defeatist attitude. Like, oh man, here we go again. It's happening. Now, man, here we go. Uh, instead of, all right, let me go make a damn play. Let's go make a damn play and go, and go stop this, uh, this momentum or get, capture the momentum again. So, I mean, they got, a, they got a lot of issues because, you know, talk about the teammate thing, right? When I played, I played with my secondaries. I played with were Quinn Jammer, Nathan Vasher, uh, myself, Ahmad Brooks. That was kind of my first secondary uh, that I was like starting in with that group. And I played nickel with the Greg Brown secondary, Quinn Jammer. Uh, but that was that secondary to me was we were an elite group and we held each other to a really, really high standard. But, you know, one thing that always kept me on my toes, I knew that if I had 
a bad game or if I didn't take care of my assignment, that there was a, a, Nat, a Nathan Basher and then later on a Michael Huff and a Cedric Griffin that were, they were pushing me, right? They had, that, that was, that was a threat that coach Aquino or coach Withers could use that, oh um, man, you're not playing. As a matter of fact, they did it with me, with Ahmad Brooks and Irvis Hill. Oh, y'all not playing well? I got a young Rod Babers right here. He hungry. You better, you better pick your game up. You better start watching more film. You better start staying at the practice. If you don't, he's coming. And I had that threat with me. That's why Coach Aquino literally would sit us as we started. He would sit a young Nathan Basher right behind me or a young Michael Huff right behind me, breathing down my neck. Literally, um, it pushed me every day. I knew. I saw him in practice. I knew they were I knew they were going to be better than me one day, but not today. Not today. Not today. They ain't taking my job. There was this attitude that, that, that made me stay at the practice longer than they did. I had to watch more film than, than Nasty Nate. And I hated Nate because Nate always wanted to watch film with me. Hey, let's watch film together. I said, all right. I got to watch film with the guy that wants to take my job. But we got close as a result of that. Ended up starting together. And I was one of my best friends to this day. Um, but I was, trying, I was competing against them. But they were pushing me because they also wanted to be great. They don't have that. They don't have that. I, that's why I put in the extra hours. That, that's why I, I lived on the edge. At, I, got, I got there early. You know what I mean? Like it, My one-on-ones mattered every rep. You know, because, hell, if I didn't have a good rep and I saw that, you know, Nathan Bash or Michael Huff had a good rep, I started thinking about my damn job. <laughs> and yeah. I, I was always thinking about that. And I think they always thinking about that because you always had another great young DB behind them. And you got to the point where that was the case in my DB room. And then when I went out to practice, I, pl- I practiced up against the best. I practiced against Roy Williams and BJ Johnson and Sloan. So I knew when I went to the games, I was going to I was going to be a great player. Roy would come over to me and say, before the game, he said, you locked me up in practice all week. I'll be damned if you let this mo catch <laughs> You ain't going to let that. This dude, this guy. You damn right I'm not, right? You damn right. That's right. I mean, and so that was his bond, man. And I don't I don't see that. I know they don't have that talent level, but I also don't see them pushing each other. They ain't got to be pushing each other to get better every day. They don't have that right now. Yeah. I, I, speaking with Rod Babers of 104.9 The Horn, He's on drive time with Kevin Dunn from three to seven every day, uh, former Longhorn. Uh, Rod, I, before we go, I, I, I want to ask you one final question, okay? Where do they go from here? What's, what do they need to do to, to dig themselves out? Just win, baby. Al Davis, the, the late, great Al Davis said it best. You just got to win. Think about it. They had won any of those three games where they were up double digits. We're not here where we are right now. You know, Monkey Gate, you know, would have been just a anecdotal thing. And Josh Moore would have just been natural attrition. I don't even know if we get the Bo Davis rant at that point. Just got to win all the excuses. We get it. There's a lot of excuses. And I hate to call them excuses because they are valid reasons why this team is struggling right now. But I still think you got enough talent to win. I still think the coach is good enough to go win. So all they got to do is win, man. That's what cures everything in the locker room. You'd be amazed how different a locker room is as opposed to a losing one and a winning one. They look totally different. They look like a, a, a happily married couple and a couple that's on the verge of divorce. <laughs> they, look, they look very, very different. Uh, and I, that's, that's what they need, man. They just need a win. Just got, you know, it's, it's like life, man. You start getting four L's in a row. You just need, you just need one win and that'll change your attitude. So they'll get it against Kansas. <laughs> and if they don't, okay, then <laughs> we got to yeah. get discussion. But they'll get it versus Kansas. That's what they need, man. They get a win and then get another one and then get another one. They're at that point now. They can't focus on anything beyond what's, what's right here in this present, which is they got to get better. That's just, it's just that simple. 
Yeah, you can't, and, and to win, and this is where you and I 100% agree, is that to win, you can't just put your toe in the water. You got to jump in. Yep. You know, you got to be 100% committed to what it takes yep. to win. Exactly. And I, I feel like that's where being late to practice is an, a prime example um, of, of not being all in, right? Right. All right. Yeah. Uh, Rod, you're awesome, dude. Uh, this is fun, what I want, I want to catch up with you again sometime soon. Uh, best of luck to you and yours. Uh, yeah, you too, man. Over the next couple of weeks here as we head towards the holidays and stuff. And I'll catch up with you on the other side. Okay, Rod? All right. Love you, brother. Keep up the good work. All right. You too, man. Take care of yourself. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.